Let's pray. Gracious Lord, you often refer to yourself by using marvelous word pictures. You give us a mental image of who you are by what you call yourself. And so, Lord, one of those most endearing images is that of the shepherd and the lamb. Thank you, Jesus, for being both. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. You know, it's often said that there are two types of people. There are leaders and there are followers. And often those two are not mixed together. And so a lot of times people say, well, I want to be a leader. I don't want to be a follower. And yet in our lessons for this morning, Jesus shows us that he is both. He's both a leader and, in a remarkable way, he's also a follower. First of all, Jesus portrays himself as the good shepherd, the leader. He's the one who is not only the door to the sheep, but he is also the good shepherd who will lead his sheep out of the sheep pen and into the pasture and provide for all of their needs, and then he'll lead them back into the safety of the sheep pen. He, as the good shepherd, is our leader. In our gospel lesson, and certainly in Psalm 23, that image of the good shepherd and Jesus as our leader is pretty evident. Especially in the gospel reading, Jesus enumerates a number of different ways in which he is our leader. And we are the ones who follow him for various different reasons. First of all, it says he knows his sheep and he knows and the sheep know or pardon me, and he knows my name in verse three. The sheep also know the shepherd, but we'll get to that in a moment. But he knows his sheep, and he knows my name. Now, I don't know all of your names. I know some of your names, and I some of you, I know your first name, but I don't know your last name. And in your bulletin, you have what my name is. Now, if you had never seen it before, I wonder how many of you would be able to pronounce my last name. And don't, don't worry about it, you know. It's over the 70 plus years that I've been alive, I even thought of changing my name. <laughs> In fact, last night when Carol and I checked into the motel or the, the hotel, the person asked my name. And I said, it's Bruce Rumsch. Oh, okay. She looked down her list. She said, Richard. I said, no, it's Bruce. Oh, wait, how do you spell your last name? 
R, U, M is in Mike, S is in Sam, C, H. Oh, wow, the one right below you or right above you, anyway, his name is very similar. Okay, you're Bruce. I said, yes, that's me. I've lived my whole life with folks who have a little bit of trouble with my name. I'm always amazed when someone says, Rumsch. <laughs> yes, you must be from Germany or something to learn that that's the case. But the remarkable thing of the Good Shepherd is that he knows our names. No matter how they're spelt, no matter how they're pronounced, whatever that might be, and I'm sure maybe some of your names or you've seen names that have 15, I'm exaggerating, but 15 consonants in a row, and everybody knows how to pronounce that in certain European countries. The remarkable thing about the Good Shepherd is that he knows our names. He knows everything about us. He knows our most intimate details. He knows his sheep. And we then have that confidence that as the leader, as the shepherd knows us, we can put our trust in him. Because it says, his sheep know him, know his voice, and they follow him. The thieves and the robbers who come just to, to fleece the sheep, the sheep don't know. They won't follow him. Our daughter, <coughs> Becky, has a marvelous little gray cat named Gracie. And it's just Becky and Gracie. And Becky and Gracie, we get pictures all the time of the intimate relationship between this cat and our daughter. When we go up to visit, Gracie will occasionally come and be and sit with my wife, Carol. You think Gracie would ever sit with me? Uh-uh. Nope. Gracie, in fact, we have one picture of Gracie sitting on my lap. That's it. In all the five years or whatever, most of the time it's and then goes off somewhere else. That's the remarkable thing about the relationship that we have with the Good Shepherd. We know his voice. We know exactly who he is, and we will follow that good shepherd because we have this most intimate relationship between the shepherd and the sheep. And with that, we can have confidence that at the end of our gospel reading, verses 10 and 11, it says the shepherd cares for his sheep. Now, we'll look at that in a little greater detail when we look at Psalm 23, but at the end of John chapter 10, it says, he cares for his sheep that we, he comes that we might have life and have it abundantly. The phrasing that is there is that he comes that we might have life that just kind of explodes out. It's not just a subsistence kind of existence with the good shepherd. He's come that we might have life abundantly because it's not just life 
for now, it's life for eternity. And that's what he's saying to these folks in John chapter 10, when he says, I'm the door and I'm the good shepherd, that I've come that you, me, might have it abundantly. And then at the end of verse 11, he says, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. He's willing to lay down everything, to give his life that you and I might continue to have life. And isn't that what the Lent and the Easter season is all about? We followed Jesus all the way through Lent, and especially during Holy Week, we followed him through the trials, through the beatings, through the scourgings, through the crucifixion, through his death on the cross, that excruciatingly painful way to die. We followed him all the way through that so that on Easter Sunday, we say, he is risen and he is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And that's where the leader becomes a follower. Now that's maybe an odd way to think of Jesus. And yet Jesus also, he's not only the shepherd, but he's also the lamb. When John the Baptist first saw Jesus in John chapter 1, he said to his disciples, he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And the whole rest of the Gospel of John is leading up to those events of Holy Week and the crucifixion and the resurrection and then the commissioning of his followers to proclaim that good news. But it all started out with Jesus being willing to say, I will give my life for the sheep. Remember back to Holy Week. And it was on Monday, Thursday, that Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember what he prayed there three times? He said, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done, God. Father. And that's what makes Jesus the Lamb the follower. He followed the will of his Father all the way from his birth, all the way through his life, and we would say even before his birth, as we go through the Old Testament and the angel of the Lord appears, this pre-incarnate Christ, he followed the will of his Father all the way to the cross, to his death, and to his resurrection. He was a follower to be that perfect lamb of God who would take away our sins. And as the shepherd and as the lamb, he then comes to us and he asks us, he compels us. He says, follow me. Follow the good shepherd. 
that we now, as his sheep, are encouraged to follow the shepherd who is also the lamb. And that's where Psalm 23 is one of the most remarkable passages of the scriptures. I have to be very honest with you, and I've been honest with the congregations that I've served before. I have to be very honest with you. When it would come time for a funeral or something like that, and they'd say, we want Psalm 23. Inside, I was kind of rolling my eyeballs. I thought, well, we always used Psalm 23. But over the hundred plus times, I'm sure, that I've preached on Psalm 23, it has become one of the most remarkable passages in the scriptures for my life and I pray for your life as well. Because it says in there, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You can stop right there. And what a remarkable promise and gift that that is. From the good shepherd, we don't want for anything. And then it goes on down the list, you know, he leads me beside still waters, green pastures. We even talks about him leading us through the valley of the shadow of death, and your rod and your staff, they comfort me. This psalm really has two parts to it. It's Jesus as the shepherd, first of all doing all these things. He leads me, guides me, protects me, cares for me. All of that is the shepherd doing this for the lambs and the sheep who follow him. But then the last section, verses 5 and 6, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's the shepherd as the host to the sheep. The shepherd who says, I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. The table in the New Testament that we often think about and reflect on is that marriage feast of the Lamb. It's eternal life. He's prepared that for us. In the presence of your enemies, in the presence of mine enemy. And who is our greatest enemy? Satan, death, sin. In the very presence of death, the good shepherd prepares an eternal feast for each of us. And then that marvelous promise at the end, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The good shepherd has brought his sheep into that eternal sheep pen and fold.
When I was a pastor in Oak Harbor, Washington, I had our, our church secretary, his name was Helen. And she and her husband, Jim, kind of lived outside of Oak Harbor, and they had a little farm there, and they had these sheep. And every spring, Helen would come into the office, and oh, she was so worn out because they were lambing. And she had to be up all hours of the day and the night to make sure the lambs were okay. And I would take or Carol and I would take our kids, Becky and Charlotte, would take them out to the, to the farm to see the brand new little lambs. I often thought I'd like to take them out when they're lambing, but we never did that. I think that may have been too much for our kids. Could have been too much for us, too. But we would take them out and see the little lambs. And watching the mother sheep, or watching Helen and Jim work with these little lambs to say, this is your mom, this is who you belong to, and to hear, and if you've ever raised sheep, I've never raised sheep, I've always heard that they're pretty dumb animals. But the shepherd gently guides and takes care of the sheep, takes care of the lambs, so that they are provided for. The wonder and the joy, I think, of Good Shepherd Sunday, and of these passages, is that in Jesus, our Lord and Savior, the one who is with us constantly, surrounding us, carrying us, leading us, just as this little statue says, that Jesus is not only our shepherd, but he was also the lamb. He was not only a leader, but he was a follower, that you and I might have life eternal. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, good shepherd, thank you for your leading, we pray, Lord, that as you call us to be followers of you, we would see you as that good shepherd. We would graciously and, and um, wondrously take on that role of being one of your sheep. Thank you, Lord, for making us your sheep and for providing for us, for being our shepherd and for being our host in eternity. In your name we pray, amen.